Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome. Welcome to today's podcast, where we're talking all things marriage. And I'm even getting tongue-tied over that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not married, are you? No, no, no. I got married when I was 23 and then separated when I was 24 and divorced at 27. Um, and I never remarried because I kind of felt like being there, done that, got the T-shirt on it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, But I often get lots of questions about it. And it's fascinating because Miss Kimmy here is a celebrant. My dad's a celebrant, and I've, I think I've followed in my dad's footsteps in just about everything that he's done, which is why I've done everything. <laughs> it's true. I have, I have. My dad studies journalism. I study journalism. My dad studies the futures market. I study the futures market. My dad goes and becomes a marriage celebrant, and I go and become a marriage celebrant. <laughs> which but, we only found out last night. I know. I had no idea. We I both looked at you and went, is there, is any, there really anything you, you haven't done? <laughs> and the answer to that would be, uh, no. <laughs> Astronaut. No, haven't done that. But okay. I do have a sister studying astrophysics, oh, so I think it's close. Yes. I think that's close. I'll, I'll claim that. Yeah, I'll yeah, claim yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So today's podcast's all about marriage, the institution mm. of it. Is it important? Is it not important? Is it still... Um, is it modern? Is it outdated? What do you think is marriage celebrants? And Cindy's about to become a marriage celebrant. Shut the front door. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Because yeah, yeah. when I think of marriage and weddings, and, I, and I've seen videos of you, and I actually watched you in action marrying our good friend Jody. Mm. Um, and I was just reduced to water because when you do your marriage um, ceremonies, Kim, you bring such meaning to the concept of marriage that me, and I only speak for myself, has never even considered. So when I got married, the day that I got married was fun, but the day after I got married was just like the day before I got married. So there was no, <laughs> yeah, there was no kind of change. Except that the relationship changed. My partner, my husband at the time, felt like, after, you know, when we spoke about it many, many moons later, he said he felt like the weight of the world landed on his shoulders in terms of responsibility. Mm. And he said it was too much for him. And we were so young. Oh, yeah, you we were, were kids. Babies. Yeah. And there was, you know, the, the relationship was, it was nasty while we were in it. And it was, you know, to end the relationship was a no-brainer. It was really a no-brainer. But when we spoke about it many, many moons later, we both conceded how young we were and, um, yeah, that it changed things for him. It didn't change anything for me, but it changed everything for him, which is what drove us apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fascinated as to what marriage actually really does mean outside of my own view of it. Because mm. would you do it again, do you think? Look, if Matt asked me to marry him, would I? Yeah, I would definitely because I I love him. Flower girl, with apricot, with apricot taffeta. Would you? No, we want to be flower girls, not bridesmaids. <laughs> you have to wear taffeta with puffy sleeves. Yes, apricot, apricot, apricot. <laughs> That's it. That's what we'll go I love with. It. With that net, right. oh, with that yep. netting over your eyes yep. and yep. the little and the little seashell yep. on your head. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. 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 
and the little lace gloves. Just make sure you tell Matt that that's what's going to happen if he <laughs> ever asks you to marry him. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so if he does ask well, you, sorry, I, I just got no, so excited. I knew that we would be bridesmaids and flower girls. <laughs> I just got the visual right there. And we would play Electric Avenue. We're going to rock onto Electric Avenue. <laughs> can, I, can I have a mullet? Oh. <laughs> I came up a mullet haircut too. With a poodle perm. Can you stop it? Oh, it's... Look, the 80s called. They want their hair back. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. Yeah, um, okay. So back to... Yeah, no, I think, I think I would because I love him and yeah. there's nobody else that I want to be with. So from that perspective, sure. But I'm really fascinated. At, but I don't think that that's going to happen in our relationship because it's not something that either of us need or want or talk about or whatever. But I, I'm, I'm fascinated in terms of what the institution of marriage actually means in today's society Mm. and has it changed you know do we place the same amount of importance on it that we used to or that our parents did or our grandparents did what do you think wow i think that's a that you know that's a huge question because all i can do is look back to grandparents Mm. and parents and then now yeah and if i was to go back to my grandparents you know my my grandma and grandpa were born uh, were married in the 1930s and they had their first child within 12 months of being married and then 10 more children after that and while really? yeah really? exactly that's, you know, that's commitment it is commitment it is commitment it's and no television that's Catholic rural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic rural family. That's mm. what it was. And, you know, my grandmother was like one of 14 and my grandfather was one of 14 or 18. Like, they were huge families. Hell. Huge families. And they were German, Catholic, Iowans, corn farmers. So, and that was what they all did. Everybody did it. And you had children to work on the farm. That was what uh, it was slave all labor. about. Slave mm, yes, labor. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> And, you know, my, I, I don't know whether my, my grandma and grandpa kept having babies because each boy that they had was hemophiliac and they knew they would never be able to work on the farm because oh. they couldn't. So did my grandma and grandpa keep having boys hoping that they would have a boy that could take on the farm responsibility? I don't know. But I do know this, is that when my aunts and uncles talk about my grandfather they never talk about him nicely. Oh. Oh, no. They they said that he was somebody who um, was a tyrant and was a tyrant to the children and a tyrant to he, to um, the, my grandmother as well. And you know what? My grandmother stuck to him till death do us part. Really? Yeah, yeah. No matter what? No matter what. Mm. It stuck till death do us part. There was a real philosophy. You didn't leave. No, you didn't leave. Issues, isn't it? It? No. And, like, and where would my grandmother go with 11 children? children? No. Seriously, where would she go with 11 children? What? There was probably no welfare. So do you think that people stayed in marriages even though they may have been loveless and oh, gosh, made it. them work? Definitely. I would. I even think people still do this now. I don't think that was just back then. Back then, they they. I think they did it and they never left because they had no options. These days, they may they may not have options and they may not think they have options. So someone may stay in a marriage because they think financially they can't get out of it, or they may think that um, 
if they do leave, they lose everything, and that's not just finance, but family and yeah. and everything that they they've the, they've grown to know and believe in. So you know, I don't think I, I don't think it's changed in that manner that people still do stay, but more people leave these days. Would you? It, uh, leaving think, is much easier. For yeah. sure, I think. I think so. Yeah. Well, you have the support of the government. If you leave, you then get a single parent's allowance. And also, I think, because women are far more likely to work. Exactly. And earn their own income. Mm. They're not so frightened of, of being on their own now. They can be far more independent. Mm. And because of that, it makes it, it makes it a no-brainer. I know for myself and my own personal experience and also people that I know and friends and family, you know, when they've been married... Um, there's always a way out. Mm. If they want a way out, they've always got a way out mm. because they believe in their ability to earn an income for themselves and yeah. their children, you know. Interesting. It is. Well, then, I, and then from my grandparents, then I go to my parents mm. and I saw 50 years of bliss. Oh, wow. How well, that, that's what I saw. I saw 50 years of bliss. My father would walk in the door, he would go to where my mother was, he would draw her into his arms and he would kiss her no matter where she was in the house. And then he would pour himself a beer and he would sit wherever she was and speak to her and talk to her um, while she was preparing dinner. And she was the Stepford wife. She did everything for my father. My father didn't have to lift a finger in the house. Well, if she was that loved, you can imagine mm. why she would want to. Yeah, I see. I never saw it. It's it, this is what I never saw. But it's interesting to hear my husband's version that my mum was an iron ruler and my father cowered to what he, she said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't see that. I never saw that. And. You know, mum was mum did rule the roost. Mum controlled the home. Well, which most women do. But she had did. to. And then, but dad, dad, I never saw dad cower. He just accepted that was her role. That was her role. And then his role was the provider of the family. And 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 then I saw their relationship, and my brother saw their relationship, and saw the family dynamics as a fairy tale. Whereas my sister saw. Um, an absolute disaster of a family and a horrific childhood. No way. Was she? So she was older? She was older. She was the oldest sister and then my brother and I um, were the younger ones and my brother was three years, eight months younger than me and I was 16 months younger than my sister. And we've often spoken about it. We often, my brother and I often talk about it and go, how did she see what, she and we, yet we didn't see it. And, and you know, like I, I, I've said to you, you know, in, the, in previous weeks, I... Um, you know, I've been speaking to Wes Carr and, and, and Wes Carr has really left quite an impression on my mind because he says, it's amazing what the mind will create. Mm. And it seems like that is the actual reality when it's more reality. You think that that's more reality than reality itself. And so yeah. what is reality in the end? You know, and that could go down the rabbit hole, couldn't it? Well, totally, because it's, yeah. all, it's all up to perspective. So it's amazing what, what beliefs we'll create in order to serve... And confirm our original beliefs. Mm-hmm. It also goes to show how often we get so trapped in what we believe is real when it's not. And I had a classic Absolutely. example the other day. I don't know if I shared this with you both, but I was driving down to Brisbane. Did I tell you about the two little calves on the back of the truck? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now she's, yeah. now she's <laughs> interested. <laughs> Sorry. I've turned around on my chair. I'm all in. <laughs> so I'm driving along and up in the distance, probably four or five car lengths in front is a truck like a semi-trailer kind of thing with the, that on the back looked like there was two calves, two little black calves. 
And my heart instantly went into, I hope they're going to a farm, I hope they're going to a farm, I hope they're going to a farm. <laughs> and then I kept thinking, well, there's only two. Surely they wouldn't take two to the freezing works. And I had this whole story around these calves and where they'd come from and what truck were they on. <laughs> I had this whole conversation in my head about two, two little two calves, calves on the back of a truck. Anyway, kept thinking about them and just praying that they weren't going to die because they were so cute. And as I got closer, <laughs> it must sound like I'm on drugs or something, but as, we, as I got closer, I realised it wasn't two calves at all. It was the building material on the back of this truck that was shaped like these <laughs> two calves. Like, seriously. And it was so distorted. Like, the closer I got, it did not look like calves at all, but from and, a distance. And you're driving? <laughs> I was driving. But this is what it hit me, like a ton of bricks. But a whole story around whole something story that didn't around even something exist. That wasn't even real. Oh my gosh. And then so, I got to the truck and realised it didn't look like that at all. My first thought was I need my eyes tested. Well, I but, would have said the same thing, yes, I would have. <laughs> but what was no, I was going there. The way that, um, but you know how sometimes logs can yeah. look, you know, whatever. It just, mm. it just hit me in that moment, perspective, that six cars back, yeah, yeah. to me it looked like two cars, and I had a whole conversation in my head about these two cars. And the same could be said for marriage. Two people look at a problem or a thing in a marriage, maybe an issue, one is seeing it one way and the other is so unaware. Like you just said that about you and your husband's view of your parents' marriage. Mm. Completely different views. Do you know, it's so funny that you say that. I had a conversation with my sister many, many moons ago because I look at or her relationship with her ex-husband now, but I looked at her relationship with her husband and they... Um, and every, every partner she's been with, they're together all the time. They work together, they play together, they do everything together. And for her, that's really important that they do everything together. And then I look at my relationship with Matt, and most things we do on our own. We do independently because we're very independent. We like to have our own space and do our own thing, which is why I travel and, you know, all of that. And it was funny because my sister said she could never tolerate being in relationship like I pursue being in relationships i always pursue a partner that is somebody who's never jealous never possessive always allows lots of freedom so i always hunt for that whereas she prefers to be in relationship with somebody who wants you know to be in her company all the time so it's amazing how Mm. a perspective on what works for one would never work for another but it's all perspective isn't it like you can look at a relationship and say that's a troubled relationship but in their eyes it's absolutely perfect well some couples some couples fight tooth and nail like they have these big explosive arguments all the time and then and if my husband spoke to me oh my goodness i would be out of that marriage i couldn't cope absolutely but they're there and they go back and they're fine and the next day they're friends it's like my goodness how did that happen (laughs) (laughs) a minute ago you were bleep 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 (laughs) (laughs) i think marriage is such a i personally think marriage is amazing i think making that public declaration whether it's just four of you or whether it's 300 people the excitement I get watching a young couple come to me to get married, you know, as I get older, I could sit there with a little bit more cynicism and going, yeah, yeah, remember us in <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it seven years. You know, like, oh, actually, there's those seven-year cycles. You should actually explain 
what we were doing oh. in Fiji I, because it, it's quite humorous and since you brought it up I think you actually should say it and then we can get on it, and it is about marriage and then we can get on with it was just ironic we were over there doing an awaken the change within um, our retreat and everybody had gone and we stayed on those extra couple of days oh yeah yeah and so did our husbands and I had Jacob there as well and Anyway, we were exhausted and we sat down out around the pool and there was a couple in front of us just looking out at the ocean and was so incredibly mushy and delicious and he just couldn't stop touching her and, you know, stroking her hair. And, and putting sunscreen, sunscreen on. on her. And oh. he just, it was just <laughs> so, nothing else in the world existed to no. either of them. I have beautiful. It was. It was nothing. stunning. And we were both sitting there admiring oh, that's it. That's beautiful. It was. And we were going, oh, look at them. <laughs> and then I just went, give it seven years. And somebody goes, well, and I went, well, that, honey, would you mind putting some sunscreen on would become... Yeah, no, do it yourself. Or, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get all grease on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been perfect thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, right, honey, I know. Can I have a drink? What? Well, while you're up, wouldn't you mind getting me one while you're at it? You know? <laughs> we just said this. Why? I'm reading. I'm reading. Can I just get a reading? <laughs> we just got hysterical. All the lines. <laughs> we were doing the same and we were crying. And then Danny and Howie turned up. Oh, that would have made it worse. And no, well, <laughs> they got in on it. So then all four of us were doing that. Oh, it's all right now, isn't it? But <laughs> it's all <laughs> loves and kisses <laughs> until, and, and and we'd go off again. I can't even remember. No. We said we must write it down. Oh, no, it's I wish we had. Yeah. We reckon we could have even done a whole comedy skit about it. Oh, you know? I reckon you should have. Do you? We should have. It was. Yeah, so it was funny. so funny. What was it? Do you so and so take so and so in? You know, you yeah, went through the I whole did, marriage. I, I wish I could remember all the I things wish I said because we were crying. But it's that. <laughs> but even every couple that comes to me, I see that spark. And because do you know what I've realised is that relationships, it, the beginning part is very. It's it's obviously lustful. It's exciting. Mm. It's the chemicals released in your body when you're on that adrenaline and you just can't stop thinking about the person and you are just totally in rapture about them. Becomes goes into obviously marriage and then friendship and then a deep friendship and a long term relationship and trust and it goes a, a relationship and I'm no expert here. I'm just saying what I witness is that there is definite phases, phases, but some people are addicted to that beginning phase mm. and they want that 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 incredible longing and that mm. being in lustful love. They want that forever, which is why relationships don't last because mm. as soon as it s- settles into something more comfortable, they're out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting to watch how people are. But I think what really got me into marriage, I mean, for a start, I married the man of my dreams. So for me, it was, I couldn't have picked anybody better and I didn't want to be with anybody else. He was my everything Um, and still is, you know, that's what's so lovely. But he, and on top of that, we had a bit of a celebrity wedding, you know, it was kind of weird because Danny was a well-known cricketer. So the minute we announced our engagement, we got paid money to keep it a secret, to then be on the cover of a magazine, which was amazing, because then that paid for the ring, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> but everything. And then we got, got, got contracted to a magazine about they wanted exclusive rights to our first baby story. And I was just like, wow. Like I had people around me telling me the future of my marriage. I, I, I wanted to stay in it. 
I just wanted to be here. I didn't want to have to think about all that. I knew I'd want children one day, but Danny and I weren't interested in having children until he finished cricket. So it was quite an unusual thing. But the wedding itself, I mean, we had 150 people at our wedding and... You know, it was a beautiful wedding and we had amazing cars. It was in the place that we both loved. Our celebrant was gorgeous and she asked these questions that I now ask in all my weddings because that meant so much to me at the time. And and then the wedding was very, everyone says to us that came, it was a very different wedding. And I probably do my weddings that way because we were one of the first weddings of our time in 93 to actually turn around and face the audience or face your guests like I was one of the first brides that spoke in my wedding and I actually welcomed everybody and um Danny Danny got given away by his mother my mother gave me away we we had our mothers walk us up the aisle like we did everything quite different and mm. that's what I love about weddings it's an opportunity for you to express your true loves and and identities and and passion for one another in a way that is meaningful to you we had a um, we went to a wedding a couple of years ago a girlfriend of ours um, well actually they're friends of of matt and mine and it was really hilarious because they did their vows they'd written their vows to each other but they were hysterical they were hysterical i promise to still love you when you have a fat bum and <laughs> you know i promise to still get you bourbon and coke when you ask and i you know, <laughs> I, I love your sharp wit, just don't use it on me. And, you know, all it was, it was just hysterical. And the whole audience was in absolute fits. But you could see the two of them. Mm. It was the first time that they had both heard those vows. Yes. So the two of them were just holding back the great roar of laughter Aww. at each other's humour about how well they now know each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was just, it was so beautiful because they're very sharp-witted, funny people, but you could see the amazing connection in the vows that they'd written. Even though they were so hysterically funny, it was actually speaking to, I know you inside and out. Yeah. And I'm always going to love you for what you are. And, you know, even when you do get a fat bum, I'm still going to love you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think you just hit it really important point there that when we get married it's for the two of you to publicly declare your love for one another in an environment that allows people in your tribe or your community to be aware how serious this is um why do you think that's important i think because in today's well i must well i think as human beings we are naturally monogamous creatures we are people that want to marry for life we we're people that belong with each other like we feel we belong once we've started a family there's that I mean it's been for many many centuries marriage has been an institution and a very well it's almost biblical isn't it Mm. well it's polygamous then because in in bible times it was polygamous it wasn't monogamous monogamous whatever that word is explain the difference polygamy is one man many women or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it could be one woman, many men, many. but that never happens. No. It's always one man, many women. And if you look at um, Jacob's time, so he he married four or five sisters, I think, and each of them had children, and one of those children was Joseph, who we know as Joseph in the multicolored coat. Mm. And each of his wives had sons, but they only had one daughter. Ah. And there was only one daughter amongst all the sons. So, you know, in biblical times it was polygamy. It mm. wasn't monogamous. I never can say that word. Monogamous. But, and but, monogamous. It, was in South but it was still a thing where they belonged. Oh, yeah, they belonged so, and they knew they belonged and that's mm. that was what, 
you know, that was the way it was. Maybe there were more women than men. I don't know. Back mm. what, well, what was in happening. South Africa, when I was growing up, we had um, uh, in the in the black townships there was one man, and he would marry six wives, oh. and then each wife would bear six children. But there would be one wife that he would love, and the others were just there because he had to keep them under the wing, or, or something well, that like was that. tradition. Yeah. yeah, there'd be the head wife. I know in mm. um, fundamentalist Mormons. You know, they had the head wife and then everybody underneath, usually. Um, Wouldn't that just feel like hell, though? Your wife, your, your wife number four. Know your place, sweetheart. <laughs> like that would well, feel, I think that would feel a bit awkward. Well, we say that because yeah. that's our well, perspective. Like, let me give you an example of, of India. I was in India. This is before Danny and I got married. We were engaged. And we met up with a friend over there whose um, daughter was betrothed to somebody oh yeah 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 so i'm standing there looking at her i must have had that oh my gosh how can you stand that uh, look on my face yeah. and then i was talking <laughs> to her and she was telling me how she was betrothed to this person of another family and she hadn't met him yet but they were marrying within six months and all this and i stood there going oh you poor thing that's terrible mm. that was me mm. so oh you poor thing that's awful and she goes no my family have chosen well i'm very pleased i'm so excited yeah. And in that moment, it hit me that I thought, oh, and you know what? Indian marriages, the statistics on Indian marriages are far greater in surviving than our Western culture. Yeah, but is that because they don't want to dishonour the parents? Well, it could be. But mm. also, too, they, they choose very carefully based on when they were born, based on, like, they do a whole, they, I, I, forgive me, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the thing is, but there's a massive process, um, process behind choosing your son and, and wife's partners so and maybe mm. that's just like an online dating system what your likes are what you don't like like seriously it's probably better thought of and thought out than, than most but do you, most at least do. meet by chance in a local maybe, yeah. maybe. But do you think <laughs> do you really think um the, Indi the indian um parents think about what they like and what they don't like, or is it a marriage of families that these families should be married together for the greater good of business? Or I don't know. I don't know yeah, why yeah, they yeah. choose it. Well, I, there, there is that. There yeah. is definitely because there's a very big status um, mm, mm. Um, measurement in India. Um, but what I'm deciding, the more the older I get and the more I look at marriages, I don't think we can say any way is the right way or mm. the wrong way. Yeah. Um, traditionally, and, and some people I've met in India have genuinely fallen in love with the person that's been chosen for them and mm. they have a beautiful relationship and it's been chosen well. Mm. And then I'm sure there's others that are the worst nightmare. And maybe they're stuck. And isn't that true here too, though? Absolutely. Like in Western culture that you, you can marry somebody based on what you think you know of them and then mm. as time goes on you're in the you're in the marriage from hell same same yeah, and then i true. look at it and now i take that another level again after reading only love is real with dr brian Weiss, mm. and he believes we have soul journeys so he wrote the book many lives many masters and his belief and understanding is that we have certain soul connections and souls that travel in each of our soul life journeys and some of those are our soul mates Mm. And you're lucky to meet maybe two or three per lifetime, maybe. You're certainly lucky to have one, but you're incredibly lucky to have two or three. And you do not have to worry about meeting a soulmate. So if someone's listening to this going, 
oh, I'm desperate to get married. I wish someone would come along. You've just got to let go of that and know that that soulmate will meet you at the right time. The challenge is the decision you make on when you actually meet them. How do you know when you've met them? There is a familiarity. There's a deep knowing. There's the sense of, I feel like I've known you forever. Um, there's just this intertwining and, and tapestry of two lives that all of a sudden just gel. That's a true soulmate. Um, and what I love about him, because I've always thought that marriage is forever. Once you've chosen somebody and you marry, that's a commitment and you've made that forever. But I think I'm also learning that should be your commitment, perhaps. That should be your intention, perhaps. Should be, could be, I don't know. but Or not. not yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. But perhaps by... I, I just don't want people to take it lightly. Oh, we'll get mm. married because we can get divorced. I, I don't think we should be treating marriage like that. That my own personal choice. Right. But I do believe that you go into it with the intention of being with that person mm. for as long as it is meant to be. Mm. And I, I was just, you know, as long as it's meant to be. I remember um, Mark and Jackie, who are really good friends of ours. Um, they their marriage was with no shoes on, Hawaiian gear on very but they didn't have a lot of money and they didn't say to death do us part now they've been married 40 plus years i think i think they're going maybe getting close to 40 years and they did to love do us part oh how beautiful mm. and when when love is gone yeah, we're yeah. out of here yeah yeah not till death do us part yeah so you know i, I well this is where brian yeah. weiss says that amazing yeah. line that don't ever feel when a marriage or a relationship is over that it's the end. Mm. It's just the beginning of a new era, um, like a, new era a new phase. And and he and I love it when he says, and I might not have this exactly right, but he says something like, um, the journey of two souls will feel it's coming to a close. Um, don't feel it's wrong. It's just two souls are ready to take different classes. Mm. And I just yeah. think that is such a beautiful way to acknowledge for those of us that may feel we, you know, there might be some of our listeners that feel like they've failed a marriage or that a marriage has failed them. But there's no accidents. There's no mistake. I think the the, ma the saddest mistake we can make is to not forgive that relationship or love that relationship for what it was and then carry bitterness into the future or into mm. the present moment forevermore because you will carry that into other relationships. And you see that with men or women that have been maybe hurt. And do you they think become... men do that more than women? Do you think men carry the wound for a lifetime, whereas women seem to be able to get over it more readily? Oh, no, I'd say it's the other way around. It's the other way around. You yeah. think men get over it, move oh, yeah. on, grow yeah. from it. Let's, let's use... Terry Irwin, yeah, Steve Irwin, Irwin's wife, who died seven, eight years ago. Yeah, maybe nearly eight years. Yeah, it it's nine years. Nine years. This nine years. Year. Nine, this nine year. years already. Nine years this year. Yeah, because wow. he died just before my mum. Now, have we heard if she's remarried? No, no. And you haven't even heard that she's had a relationship. Now, think of someone like Rove. Think of someone yeah, like Rove. Um, moved on the very cricketer fast. Glenn McGrath. Glenn McGrath mm. moved fast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And now, I'm not making. I'm not saying they're wrong, but men seem to have a need. To have a woman by their side, they whereas women, and I'm only speaking generally here, of course. Yeah, yeah. Whereas women, it's almost like an expected grieving process. If if Terry Irwin had married, and I'm just saying this by what I'm watching in the public, if Terry Irwin had remarried someone 
within say two years, mm. I reckon the public would have felt like it was too soon. Yeah, like she betrayed. would have been. Yeah. The public would have felt betrayed. But when Glenn McGrath met and Rove met their new ladies within the year of their partners dying, I I think that I've got that right. If not within, definitely within those two years, mm. and were married. Everyone was happy. They couldn't. Wait. They were so relieved that they'd found someone. Oh, There's quite so a difference. So, so, that there would so be a different right. response, yeah. a different there reaction. Is. There is, without a doubt. Um, maybe not from all of us, but when you genuinely and generally look at at how we perceive marriages, and you look at a man, he can have many girlfriends, and you're like, oh, he's playing the field, or he's sowing his wild oats. A woman does that, and she's an SLUT. Retard. Skanky $2 crack horse. <laughs> Here's one we prepared earlier. <laughs> He's had way more partners than anyone. Touche. Touche. Ooh, did the claws come out right then? Oh, no, I just thought it was no, no, it's I don't know if I'm right on that, and, and maybe some of our listeners might give feedback on that, but I've just, because I'm now a celebrant, I look at things like this yeah. quite differently and what we have an expectation of. And I think we we expect and allow our men to move on a lot quicker than our women. Our women almost have to, well, look, in some cultures, they've got to wear black. Um, there's, tri- mm. there's places in, in India that if you are widowed, you are outlawed. You yeah, are, I've heard You this. are not allowed to be near the family. No one. You, there's a group of women that get put, they're dumped, basically, because they're, they're used goods. They're used goods. And even if their husbands have been killed tragically, mm. they are now ousted. And I just think, wow. It's harsh, isn't it? So there's some pretty interesting views on what marriage is and what it means to all of us and different cultural traditions as well. So what do you think think marriage is in today's society? What do you think, you know, our younger generations think about marriage? Because you think about about our generation. Mm. There's lots of divorce. There's lots of single parents. There's lots of de facto relationships where people never got married. They had Lended kids, families, all that yeah. Brady Bunch. Yep. You know, there was lots. There's lots of that. So, do you think that that? And as a marriage celebrant, do you see fewer younger people getting married, or do you think that younger people would take it on as a lesson from us that it's not necessary to get married? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I, I have noticed that the people I marry, they're they're, they're not often in their... Certainly I haven't married anyone in their early 20s. Ah, really? Yeah, I have not married. And maybe that's me as a celebrant, I don't know. But there's very few... I mean, me, I got married at 25. That's considered young today, you know. Totes. It's considered young, whereas I was really ready. And Danny was 27. Whereas most couples I'm marrying now are in their late 20s, 30s, or second-time marriages. Ah. Um, and a couple I'm doing coming up... Sounds terrible. I'm doing um, a couple of marrying <laughs> coming up are, you know, their first marriages and they're in their mid thirties. So yeah, right. I think people are. Look, I, I actually don't know what I think. I'm just fascinated by um, the fact that I think people are realizing they don't have to get married. There are t- traditionalists amongst us that believe marriage is a traditional, highly valued, respectful thing to do. And I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I think I love the meaning of marriage. I love the thought of being betrothed to somebody. And 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 I love nothing more than being introduced as Danny's wife. I love that. 
and and I, at my wedding, the, the thing when I my speech when I stood so up, cute. I know when I stood up. I just I, wonder what that would be like. <laughs> <laughs> when I stood up, I, my first words were, "My husband and I." You know, I was so excited to be able to say it. So, and and I maybe that's the the magic that I that I love to bring into a service because I've had that. I feel so blessed that I have a marriage that. You know, having gone through so many things in our marriage, and I thought that bubble would never burst at 25. How could something so perfect ever burst? And of course, I now look at couples that have been married for 40 or 50 years, and I just look at them in awe of the stories mm. or the the it's struggle, the challenges, the endurance, the. And, you know, we, I was with Taylor the other day. We were at the supermarket, and there was a, a man. He would have been in his 80s, maybe even 90, hobbling along, and he had his wife's hand. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. And they were walking. I took a photo. Oh, I took a photo of them from that. behind because I just – it's so it, – do you remember Lunig, the cartoonist? Yes. He wrote – there was one of his cartoons that had a man standing there holding his hand out to a woman. They were obviously at a big dance, and, he said, and it says underneath – May I have the honour of this sadly outdated courting ritual? Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, and, beautiful. And I think of, you know, I met a couple that are in their 80s now, and I asked them, and they were in Kingaroo, and I said, how did you guys meet? And Harry said, I saw Margaret across the room at one of the, the country dances, and he said, and I knew she was the one for me. He was 22. She was 18 or something. Oh, he used to ride his horse 42 kilometres every Saturday to get to that hall for the, for the weekly. Like, that's how long it was. I mean, we're so instant these days. We can text someone the minute we meet them. Yeah. <laughs> um, he waited every Saturday and then rode a horse 40-odd k's each way Poor to have this dance. <laughs> Poor butt. <laughs> well, that's perspective. Maybe the horse liked to run. Maybe it liked to walk. We don't know. True that. Well, do you know, um, every that's morning... So sweet, though. I know. Every morning I see, I, you know, I do my swim, and then from I swim from one end of the beach to the other, and then I walk back. And every morning that I walk back, there's a couple, and they would be in their 80s, and they're, they're short. They're about the same size, arm in arm or hand in hand, walking along the beach and it, you know when you said about that couple you mm, saw and, and they're starting to you know notice me now and and I because I rec- you know I saw them straight away and I, I love seeing them and I always say hi and they're now you know they look out for us now and they go hi you know <laughs> and you know I, I just I look at these two they do it every morning you know I'm not there every morning because I'm away sometimes but mm. I love to see that. I and that that was my mum and dad. My mum and dad were always arm in arm and hand in hand. and mm. Yeah, and I, I often, I thought my dad would die very quickly after my mum. You know, it's nine years now. And um, and she, yeah, he's still he's still around, which surprised me. I thought he wouldn't be able to live without her. Because, you know, um, that happens when, mm. when one dies, the other one dies very quickly. And I know quite a few, like Fran, my stepdaughter's um, grandparents, now, both of them in their 90s, sprighty, um, running around everywhere. They were the most amazing couple. He died. Three months later, she went. Oh, yeah. bless. Yeah. It was, it was just amazing. And, uh, and other friends of mine, the Todds, his father died, I think, first. And five weeks later, his mum died. It's very common. Yeah. Very, oh, very common. From a broken heart. Yeah, just didn't want to live anymore. And just, um, yeah, he was shocked. He went, you know, 
dad died. He, he died, apparently, I think it was sitting in his, in his chair and he just had a heart attack and died. And then five weeks later, she died. So, whereas my grandmother, who probably was released from my grandfather, <laughs> um, lived quite a long time afterwards and lived for her, the very first time in her life without having to care for anyone. Because she'd always had to care for children. Yeah. Then she had to care for all her children that were sick through death, all their deaths. And... And then, you know, my grandfather, she cared for him until his death. And then I think she went, Yahoo! I'm free! Mm. Whereas my know. grandmother, when her husband died mm. from war wounds, I was one. And grandma just adored Clifford, just thought Clifford was the bee's knees. They were her words, he was the bee's knees. Um, and, she, and I said, Oh, grandma, would you ever marry again? She said, Never. Clifford was the only one. The only one. I'll see him again, she said. Oh, mm. and, and my dad always says, even though he'd like another partner, he says, my wife spoiled me. There's no one else out there like her. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I have you. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think there are marriages that, you know, stand through time and, mm. and keep going through time. And then there are marriages that, um, you know, don't do so well. And mm. is divorce easy? And obviously the government thinks that divorce is easy because the Australian government has now given out, um, I think they're called um, vouchers for marriage. Yeah, that you, you can get a voucher before you're married. Oh, and for, even for counselling. For counselling. And the ABC was doing a whole thing on it last week. You mean week. before you get married? Before yeah, you get married and, and get during. Well, legally. For me as a celebrant, I have to give this brochure oh. to every couple yeah. that wants to get married and I have to let them know. So if you think about it from a church point of view, if you wanted to get married through the church, and I'm assuming it's still the same today, that you would go to see the priest. There was like six-week marriage counselling courses and or courses around what marriage meant. Whereas couples these days, they, they don't have civil cer yeah. ceremonies and they don't have to do any of this. But Legally, I have to give that information to my couples that want to marry. Well, I remember, you know, we married through the Catholic Church, so um, we did engaged encounter, and then we did marriage encounter, and um, and and you know that was that was part of it. Everyone did marry in the churches, so I know the Catholic Church did that, and you know this was a three day weekend away, and we had to. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, it was really intense, and and it was hard for Howard because he wasn't a Catholic, but I just knew that that's what. You did. You, you did engage and then you did marriage encounter. And now I think the government realises the benefit of those because it asks the, the important questions. And so these vouchers are now being given. And it was really interesting on the ABC. They were talking, they were asking couples to call in to say, did you do one of these things? And you could hear the older people that um, rang in were saying yes we did this and these were the questions that we were asked and you know it was it was quite confronting because they're things you don't think about when you're in that lustful I'm in love let me marry him now mm. um, whereas today they're not so you know the government thinks that it would be a good thing that we do this because they were saying that divorce is costing the country billions of dollars mm. yeah right you know, it's not, it's, and they want us to stay together. And I think it's one in two marriages yeah. now split. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the important thing is for, from that perspective, like you've always said it, Karen, when intelligence, uh, sorry, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And yet we marry when our emotions are incredibly high, True. you know, and we're not thinking. And so when I have a couple come to me, I sit them down and I do the personality test on them and I show them who they are. 
and I talk about what they're about and I show them what they're like when they argue and when they're, and they crack up. It's hilarious. <laughs> and we go through and I go, well, how are you going to handle it? Like, what's some things that he does now that you think's cute? And she'll say, oh, gosh, he never, he never, ever puts his clothes away. But I don't mind. I'm always picking up after him. And I went, in seven years, <laughs> that's going to annoy the heck out of you. He's going to be sleeping yeah, in the spare room. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll wake up to a slap with his own underpants. <laughs> Actually, it's really interesting what you say, because one of the things I loved about Howard was his love for adventure. Mm. He's never wanting to sit still. He's... You know, he was an adventurer. Like, he had done so much in his life. I met him when he was 31 and, you know, I was 24. And, I, you know, he, he was the most amazing adventurer. And I thought, this is the life I want. And in seven years, when I was having babies... That's the last thing I wanted. Mm. I did not want to move. He wanted to move houses. He wanted to move countries. He wanted to move. Didn't want to do this anymore. And and like you said, Kim, the one thing that drew me to him was the one thing that would have taken me away if we didn't oh. sort it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he wanted to go to the Seychelles while I was pregnant. You know, the whole family, pick us up, go to the Seychelles for a period of time. Let's move out of Malulaba. Let's move to Yapoon. <laughs> just mm. always wanting to be on an adventure. You know, and... And I look at it now and I, I look back on our marriage when we've been married nearly 30 years and I look back on it and I, I realise I would never have done the adventures that we have done mm. if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Although when we had small children, I, I really struggled with mm. with that. Yeah, yeah. So, and even the adventure of let's travel around Australia for two years, let's take the kids out of school, let's homeschool the children and, and travel around Australia, I was probably, I would never have done that. But that was probably one of the most amazing things we ever did in our marriage with our wow. children. Yeah, so what mm. you say, Kim, is, is true. What you see as what attracts you to them annoys you. Mm. Um, Very much. Yeah. And it can be the downfall of the relationship unless you learn to understand that they're not out to get you. Yeah. <laughs> that they're not doing it to annoy you. They're doing it because that's who they truly are. And I think what you said, and I think we've said it in a podcast a number of times ago, that a really good marriage, one that lasts the ups and downs, the highs and lows, all of those is based on a couple that has fairly similar values. Mm. As a, Yes, you're going to change and, yes, you're going to grow and some of you are different times than others, but if your fundamental values are very similar, then you'll probably get through that. You'll, you'll ride through those. But my I think gr- that's a good point. Yeah. I think it's a really good point because uh, I've seen – let's look at health – I've seen marriages split because of the values of health. Mm. So one um, partner wants to vaccinate, the other one doesn't. One wants to give antibiotics, another one doesn't. One wants to feed them shit and the other one doesn't. And then when they split, the one that's trying to do the healthy things is sabotaged by the one that's not doing the healthy things. So they go from home to home. One's feeding them good foods, one feeding... And I hear this all the time. Mm. All the time I hear this. And I think you're right. You know, Kim, I think you've hit the nail on the head. That discussion about values in every area of life, not Mm. just health. I've just thrown health out there. Mm. But in the context of relationship, in the context of money, in the context of career, business, like if you, you know, all those sorts of things... I think really ascertaining people's values in all the different areas of life is crucial mm. in the beginning. Matt and I had very different... Well, Matt and I got to a really crucial part in our relationship and what kept us together was I did a values exercise from the NLP which 
had us work out what our values were in relationship. And what we saw was actually our relationship values were exactly the same. The only difference was he had loyalty where I had fun. But the rest of our values were exactly the same. And that's what kept us together because we realized that actually we both wanted the same things in the context of relationship, but neither of us actually realized that that was the case. Mm. So we were fighting for what we thought the other person didn't want. Interesting. But then when we did our values in the context of business, they were worlds apart. But we're not in business together, so that doesn't matter. Mm. You know, so we look. I look at our relationship, and our relationship is quite unique because we do, and it's not dissimilar, I guess, to even yours, Kimmy, because, mm. you know, Danny does, he's away a lot, mm-hmm. and you're doing your own thing here. You know, it's very, um, Matt's, Matt and mine's the same. You know, I'm away a lot, Matt does his own thing, and it works. It works beautifully because our relationship values are the same. Mm. And I think if that was something that was prevalent at the beginning of people's marriages, I think there'd be a lot more, mm. a lot more marriages that would survive. Well, people when they come to me, they don't they can't they don't know what they're in for. So their first session is at least ninety minutes, and I get to know who they are, and I talk about them as individuals and what they're like, and what's he like when he gets upset? What's he does he get angry? Does she get angry? And they joke because they're yeah. beautifully fine with each other. And then I hit them with the personality stuff, and yeah. I say, "Are you prepared to do this? You know, when in time to come, or how are you going to feel about um, the fact that she's so pedantic and on time and has to be on time, and he's not? How are you both going to deal with this when you run out of that love juice mm. that becomes a friendship that now it's actually really annoying you?" And you sitting in the car tooting is not making... In fact, <laughs> you are annoying me now so much, I'm going to take even longer. Mm. And then you get in the car and you have a massive argument on the way to a dinner and now, you really, now you're saying to each other, oh, we don't even like anymore, we don't even, we don't even see the same thing anymore. However, if you understood that you are different, not wrong, and that just that the relationship's moved into a new phase, which means... You know, it's a deeper, more trusting, honouring part of a relationship. It's actually a beautiful phase of the relationship. But if you're addicted or thinking that it has to feel like on that high all the time, well, you're fooling yourself. And then you're not the person because they're not giving it to you anymore. You're expecting it of them to make you happy. Mm. Then you end up blaming them and then they feel henpecked. And then everyone goes, well, we're out of here. It ain't working. Mm. But if you just understand, you know, I keep, I don't know if I've said in a, in a podcast before, but the greatest gift a father can give their mother, mm. a, a mother, is the love, uh, sorry, the greatest gift a father can give his children is the love of his the mother. Mm. And the greatest gift a mother can give her children is the love and respect of, her, of their father, even if you're not together. Mm. Mm. That is an amazing gift because the kids at the end of the day, they're going to love their mum and dad no matter how good or bad they are. They're going to love them. They might not respect or appreciate all they've done, but they they gave them life. Mm. So I think, you know, we need to learn communication skills and and honouring what that means. So, you know, and and I encourage couples of any stage to to even look at these four questions now. And maybe I should share what I ask couples. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I always say to a couple, and I get them to fill it out independently, and if you've got a husband or a wife or a partner that you'd like to do this with, then write it down. But, you know, the first question I ask you to to tell me and do not tell the other person is, what is it about that person that you're attracted to? Tell me everything. Now, some people write a few words. Some people write a few pages. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) So what is it that you're attracted to in that person? The second question is, um, 
what does the word commitment mean to you? That's fascinating, the answers I get from that. Um, And then I ask them, um, oh, why have I gone blank? What is it it about each other that you're trying? Oh, how did you meet? That's a question. I always ask it because it's always different, the interpretation of how someone met um, and what the spark was. So for someone, one couple I married just recently was, um, he said, they met at cycling. They were cyclists. They met at cycling, but his view was, I just kept seeing this butt, and it was oh. the cutest butt in the entire world, and I could not take my eyes off this butt. And she had no idea. It must have been a great butt in Lycra. They looked hot at their wedding. Um, and their wedding, they got married in, in Noosa, and she arrived on a boat with her children. It was a blended family. She arrived on a boat to 007 James Bond. Nice. And he was on the jetty with me and his two children. And then the, the sons helped her off the boat. And then the, the, the children were part of the wedding service and all that. So it was just beautiful. But um, So how did you meet? What is it about each other that you're attracted to? What does the word commitment mean to you both? And why? Are you getting married? Mm. Or why do you live together if marriage isn't the thing? And when you write those questions down, it seems really basic, but every couple has come back to me saying, I had to really think about that. I had to really... And and sometimes if they're a fairly young couple, the guy thinks it's kind of a little bit, oh, really? Oh, you know, and he talks... And then when he has the next meeting with me, he sits there and sees the seriousness of this commitment. Mm. And and I'll often be asked, can I redo mine? And I go, yeah, sure. Because what I do then at the end of the service, when I've written out their service, is I put those questions at the back of their book. And when I give them that service, they have it forever. And to me, when you go through troubled times or when you go through challenges, and I have to say, I don't know yet a marriage that has not or will not go through some challenges, um, those are the times you pull out those vows, those promises, that commitment and all those words. And it's, it brings you back to the core the source, the truth, the reason why you were there in the first place. And often we forget that as we mm. go through life and mortgages and payments and kids and sickness and, and um, I don't know, accidents in life. You know, I had beautiful Kirsty ring me today, one of our beautiful followers and the girl that we do our triathlons with, and, oh, my heart aches. She went to a funeral yesterday in Brisbane of a five-year-old boy oh, no. who was hit by his father accidentally in the car and she said Kim there was not a dry eye as you can imagine oh yeah but that couple you know this is going to test their marriage big time oh my goodness absolutely massive and the two of them stood strong apparently and the two of them spoke and that to me was a good sign like and that's just saying from an observing point of view that has no idea of this relationship at all but to me if a couple can communicate their agony as much as their love and can you know what is marriage marriage is a union of two very good forgivers marriage is about forgiveness constant forgiveness and you know i've told i think i've talked in many many episodes about the troubles that danny and i went through and sitting there with our beautiful 86 year old counselor who said well Kim, do you love this man yes <laughs> danny do you love this woman absolutely well, we have no problem when we have love there's no problem and i think that's, sometimes we get so into the dramas of life and family members and other people's inputs and all of that. Whereas, if you just have a love for one another, they can love endures all. Love is the one thing that will make you feel you are living in the present. And I mean, love of self first. 
And then if you have love of self, you have an ability to love another. And when the two of you have the ability to do that, wow. Mm -hmm. Then make babies in that place. And it's even more amazing. You know, like I look at couples who can actually make love to make babies and I think, wow. yeah. And then bring up those children in that reality or in that atmosphere or in that... Um, you know that because I think there's too many of our, our children this next generation coming through that you know are not being brought up in a atmosphere of where there is self-love and self-love is one of the most important things in a marriage in a family uh, because then they learn it you know and I and not enough kids love themselves you know they yeah, they, there's, I don't know. Well, what they it, don't know themselves because their parents don't know each other. Yeah. And they don't know themselves. And I think they only just learn from, they learn from what they know. They learn from what they see. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a tragedy because I think that will have a big impact on the way that they relate to others mm. you know, well, as, they grow, point, as they grow older. At some point, though, we have to grow up. And we have to not Except blame our parents for what mm. they had or didn't have. Yeah. And actually make a stand for the next generation or yeah. the next and be what you want this marriage to be. You know, there's another part in the service that I always ask couples if they'd like to do. And it's about asking the guests. Um, I always say that part of the gift of this marriage today, as you hear this couple share their vows, the greatest gift that this couple could bestow on all of you, particularly those of you married or in a relationship, is as you hear those vows, maybe it will enhance and strengthen the vows you yourselves once took and remind you of why you married your lover or your best friend. And you always see that. Every time I go to a wedding, I always see that. I always see the married couples in the audience, you know, they link arms and they touch heads. and It always seems to bring bring back, you know, an awareness of, oh, remember when we got married? Mm. It really just brings the love back for everybody. I always see that. It's Mm. beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous to see that. And then I always ask for a group commitment. Are you all willing to be a part of this marriage from this day on? that you'll be a, a, a mean of support and strength to this couple through all good times and maybe not so good. And and if the couple like it, we ask for their commitment And because I think it's a tribal thing again. I mm. think a marriage, even though it's two people, it's we're part of a community of a, of a tribe that you always marry the fa- the father-in-law and the mother-in-law you always marry the family <laughs> you always marry the dog love me love my dog yes exactly but it's also you marry the friends as well totally and, yeah. and i think friends are a really big part of a marriage you know mm. and um being friends with another couple that's doing well mm. you know they always say um when you are friends with um, people that are overweight, the likelihood of you being overweight is there. Yeah. And being with friends whose marriage is doing well, the, the, the probability of your marriage doing well is far greater. And I, I know through the friends we've had through the, the 30 years of our marriage, and, and they've all broken, uh-huh. we've always moved away and moved to another couple because even though we've stayed friends as singles, mm. But as 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 when we're socialising, it's far better to socialise with couples, uh, and and people might think that that is not um, the nicest thing to say, but it's a reality. 
Mm. It's well, just a reality. Have the same things in common anyway, no, though. No, you don't. And I, I just look at all the friends that we've had who have broken up and broken up like where my husband is best friends with the male and I'm best friends with the female Ah. and we're together as a couple and we have fun together as families and our kids are together and and then they've split and it's a horrific split and then there's the the conversation I'm having with the girl and the conversation my husband's having with the man and then we argue about their marriage And that's when we knew enough, enough, mm-hmm. enough. You have to let them do what they need to do, and and you have to find other couples that have similar interests. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think I think being friends with Kim and and Danny have been a really good um, plus for our marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think because we're with another couple that love each other, and yeah, um, it is, and we have such fun. We do. We have lots and, of and fun. And actually, we're very lucky in the sense that. Danny and Howie, they're like two old women. They're like, we call them boyfriends. Like, we do. Your boyfriend's back. <laughs> your boyfriend's back. Yeah. Um, or have you heard from your boyfriend? They always It's a they, romance. It's a romance. They text each other all, all the time. time. Probably more than you and I text so each other. So I got a text. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. I got a text from Danny this morning saying, Howie's really pleased with what's happening in your business at the moment. I'm really wrapped. I'm like, great. <laughs> great. That's so cool. Um, but they don't know what we talk about about them Um, but that's another point in marriage I believe I I find it very hard to be around people that women sitting around women and they're all going oh my husband's such a and they they really downgrade or put their partners in a really you know oh bloody men but you know I just I find that very hard to be around and I don't stay long in those situations I like to think of my man as an equal but also so extraordinary and better in so many things than me and and me better in other things but not better competing wise just our roles Mm. are more Mm. suited and I think you know all the work that I do around personalities relationships marriage all of this sort of thing is really based on um a a deep respect for another human being Mm. um and i do believe that trust is massive in a marriage i do believe i think it comes ahead of love even because when you trust in yourself and you trust in your partner there is nothing but love um if you lose respect if you lose that trust there's a lack Mm. of respect Mm. um when we lose respect if you talk cheaply or nastily or rudely and this is the terrible thing in families i'm sure many will agree that because it is your son or it is your mother or it is your husband, you can go, what? Mm. But, and I always say to people, I just want you to imagine that it's big brother. So now for the next year, as you work through this, or if there's a problem, there's a camera on in every room in the house that's that's being shown to the world every night at 6 o'clock on primetime television, <laughs> um, an edit script. So how would you like that script to look? Now, I'm not saying that we then behave in a way that's not true to ourselves, but I'm saying it will help you. And if you read the four agreements, it's about being mindful of your words. And I think the words are sometimes so harsh and just as cruel as physical abuse is emotional abuse. And I think we need to be more mindful of not getting too relaxed in relationships to the point where we don't treat them very, very well or that we don't give them the respect, love and trust. But we have to be that mm. in order to give that or to we 
you know, you can't, I don't think you can demand trust, love and respect. You earn it. And I think you've got to have it for yourself first. You know, you've got to have self-respect. So you've got to mind your words with yourself. Absolutely. And you've got to respect yourself and you've got to trust yourself and you've got to love yourself. And when you've got that, then you can give that to others, like you've said already. Mm. But I think, in, you know, from when I was counselling and I would get a couple of people coming through that were, were relationships, I didn't get many. But when I got, I probably maybe had three in about two years that were more relationship-based. Um, there was always the issue that the, 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 the lack of connection was because there was no connection with themselves. the self first. Mm. Therefore, they couldn't connect with another because they never knew what that was. Mm. They didn't know what that was. Oh. So they had no self-worth and no self-respect and no self-value. And therefore, they couldn't, they couldn't give it to somebody else as much as they wanted to. They just didn't have it to give. Mm. So that in and of itself, I think, is a is an exploration. I agree. Yeah, mm. Mm. marvelous. I, I do think that. Oh, maybe, maybe I should finish off with a quote that is very common. Well, not common, but a lot of couples that I marry love this. Well, well, before you get serious, yes. I just have to show you one that I showed my husband the other day. <laughs> and it's one of those, you know, C cards, you know, those C cards. And, uh, and they're on the internet all the time. Oh, okay. You know the ones. Um, anyway, it says, and it's got a picture of a, um, a husband and wife um, married. And it says... Every day I fall more madly in love with you. Except for yesterday, you really pissed me off. (laughs) (laughs) And I showed it to Howie. And we both cracked up. That is so funny. Because one minute we're like so in love with each other and then the guy pisses me off. Oh, that's true. There's, there's, oh, there's no greater love and despair in that moment. I will say one thing, though. Jacqueline, our beautiful Jacqueline, that I really do hope we get to interview one day, my counsellor, she also she believes that love in that beginning phase is actually the most dangerous, scariest and worst part of the relationship. Being in love, she believes, is not the best part of life at all. She said it, it's when we're erratic, we make silly choices, we do stupid things, we say stupid things. Like that emotion is high, intelligence, intelligence is low. <laughs> so she's not interested in whether you're in love with somebody. She's interested if you love somebody. So I thought that was an interesting mm. distinction because I often, you know, the other thing that she said to me when Danny and I went through a tough time is she said, Kim, do you have Danny on a pedestal? And I said, absolutely. And she goes, well, there's where you've gone wrong, sweetheart. We all fall off pedestals. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my true, gosh. You know, so true. I've actually learned not to put other people on a pedestal because when they fall off, it really upsets me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you know, you've got to remember that mm. none of us are perfect or perhaps we're all imperfectly perfect. Mm. But I think to me, yeah. Well, I, I believe that if you wanted to do the test on yourself, you could get my that ebook. You know the why can't you be normal like me on, oh, on my yes. website? Oh yeah, yeah. And do the test with your partner and um, books that have been really that's good. A great idea. It's yeah. really good, and then you get to see what your differences are. So that's on twenty eight dot com. You can get that. Have you got that on Amazon as well? No, I haven't yet. You should. Yes, I must. Yes, yes. yes. yes, yes, yes. I must. I must. I must. <laughs> and then another. I mean, I don't know if there's any other books you guys have had, but one book that was great for Danny mm. and I was um, Mars and Venus. Yeah. Women are from oh. Venus. Men are from Mars. That was great. The Five Love Languages. The Five Love Languages love by that. Gary Chapman. And what was that one? Um, then, then Gary, I mean, the, the women are from Venus, men are from Mars, did one called 
Mars and Venus in the bedroom. That was hilarious. And one, um, another one is why men don't listen to women. And men can't, can't read, read maps. maps. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's Alan P. Alan P. They've got one now. Why men lie and women cry? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very interesting. Yeah, they, I read they're one very interesting. by Dr. John Gray. What your mother couldn't tell you and what your father didn't know. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah. Now, look, there's lots of there's lots of fabulous books out there. And what there. about that the, the seven spiritual laws seven of laws of marriage? The seven laws of marriage by um, Goodman or Jeez, um, I, I I can see the book, but I can't so remember. Can I, and I I love that one. I thought that was really good. Um, I have got it here. Maybe we'll put it in the links. Yeah, at the bottom. Idea. Let's do. Mm. Let's do that. Um, anyway, so should we finish, finish off with this quote? Finish off with your quote. The key to love. The key to love is understanding, the ability to comprehend not only the spoken word but those unspoken gestures, the little things that say so much by themselves. The key to love is forgiveness, to accept each other's faults and pardon mistakes without forgetting but remembering what you learnt from them. The key to love is sharing, facing your good fortunes as well as the bad together, both conquering problems, forever searching for ways to intensify your happiness. The key to love is giving without thought of return, but with the hope of just a simple smile, and by giving in but never giving up. The key to love is respect, realising that you are two separate people with different ideas, that you don't belong to each other, that you belong with each other and share a mutual bond. The key to love is inside us all. It takes time and patience to unlock all the ingredients. It will take you to its threshold. It is the continual learning process that demands a lot of work, but the rewards are more than worth the effort. And that is the key to love. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, well, that's absolutely a beautiful way to finish off today's podcast. I feel like it's gone so fast. Oh, I agree. Why I've just enjoyed it? this. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I always yeah. get a lot out of it. And I get a lot out of what Kimmy says because, you know, I, like Kimmy's been my... I remember one day, I have to say this, I remember one day having a bitch about Howie and what did you say to me? And it really stopped me in my tracks and it was, will you stop with, you know, I can't, can you remember what you said to me? I said something like, you know, you need to stop this. All you do is constantly put him down. Start telling me some of the good things or get out. Yes. That was that what she said. Oh, yeah, was quite she was. She, she was. And that was the day I turned. I went, mm. she's right. She's right. I'm having a whinge. I'm not. And he has lots of great features. Like I said, more every day I feel more and more in love with him, except yesterday he pissed me right off. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I think this has been a really cool podcast. Let us know what you think. Go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat, or you can also post on allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And if you want to come to our Awaken the Change Within <gasps> oh, retreat, yes. we cover this information. Oh, we do too. And then some. Yeah. And so much more detail. Yes. Wowza. Yeah. So, so check it out. It's at awakenthechangewithin.com. Actually, we've got um, our VIP is almost sold out oh, for Awaken the Change Within. Wow. I know. I know. It's so exciting. So um, if you're interested in checking it out, go to the website. It's awakenthechangewithin.com. And we've got VIP seating and we've also got general seating. So check that out. It's in November. Mm-hmm. And you definitely don't want to miss it out. Miss out on that because mm. it's the once a year that we come together for a three-day intensive. Um, so don't, whatever you do, yeah. don't miss this out. And Kim, I think is your, um, 
Are you doing a retreat this year? Is it booked out? I'm doing a one-dayer. A one-dayer? Just a one-dayer. Is it booked out? No. And that's in October. October. And you've got a one-dayer? No, all mine are booked out now. Oh. I'm completely booked out. So the only thing I have left yeah. is Awaken the Change. And I believe... And, the wellness, and I'm the same. I'm oh, and the, the Wellness, wellness summit. summit. That's right. We're doing the Wellness Summit um, as well. But that's, that's August. But as far as um, um, the three just us, the three of us or one of us... November. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty well booked out and you'd be the same. I've got, yeah, yeah, I've got um, my Mindset Mastery in July, which is totally sold out. Yeah. That's sold out in October last year. So we'd love to see people yeah. in November because oh, yeah. we've got so many, you know, like we, we oh. do have gems. I just remember our last Awaken the Change retreat and the three couples that did come mm-hmm. and the rest were women that did come, but those three couples. Who dragged their husbands along yeah. out there knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, they did. God. Those three big burly men landed in the retreat not knowing what, what the hell they were doing. They thought they were coming just for a sexual... <laughs> A sexual romp feast and golf. They thought they'd come for golf, but they walked away changed mm. men so much so that I still work with two of the two of them, mm. and, um, and we've become and good friends with them too. Oh, actually, yeah. we do the triathlon with one of the. And I remember so gorgeous. Um, one of them, her feedback. Mm. I came, mm. I came with the intention. To Just, divorce or to leave my man, mm. and I left with the man of my dreams. Oh, we always oh, we always tear up on that one. Yeah, that mm. was that was our favourite. Just beautiful. Mm. So, mm. awaken the change within dot com. Book yourself in. Come. It won't be something that you'll want to miss out on. Um, so yeah, we've already done. Post your comments on the <laughs> Facebook page. Post your comments on the Wellness Couch, and join us right here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you on the ride. <laughs>